0: Hi, I'm Michaela Loach. Hi, I'm Jo Becker. And this is the Yikes Podcast. super excited to be doing this. I'm Michaela Loach, I use she her pronouns um, I am a climate activist with a few different groups here in Edinburgh where we're based. Um, I am a writer, I write about all things sustainability, social justice, refugee rights, ethical fashion and making all these spaces um, like as accessible as possible and being intersectional in all of our activist spaces. Um, I write all these things on Instagram as well on my page and I'm also a medical student at the university here in Edinburgh.
1: I'm Jabeca, I use she, her pronouns, I'm currently doing my master's in sustainability and behavior change um, with an approach of like adaptation planning to climate change and I did my undergrad in environmental science and yeah I would say I'm a climate and social justice activist as well, I'm involved with Extinction Rebellion Scotland and Climate Camp Scotland as well Um, And yeah, currently, I think mostly on my Instagram, I advocate for like plastic minimalism, veganism, flight free travel and try to link a lot of the like social justice and climate injustice um, issues together and how to be a better ally um, and sharing just like my personal journey in yeah, learning and unlearning a lot of the things that... I was taught uh, growing up, and yeah, trying to trying to weave get together different topics from different groups. Um, yeah, um, should we talk about how we met. Do you want to start?
0: Um, yeah, I I think I remember the first time that I kind of knew who you were was because of the North Bridge action. I think I think mm. I saw your the fact that you were there with like your big ass megaphone. <laughs> and i saw that on i can't remember i saw that somewhere and i followed you and found you because that i saw that you're also based in scotland and then i think i dm'd you when i was in my like influence stage being like do you want to join this engagement cringe. group yeah. <laughs> so cringe and you were like nah and i was like okay rejected but then you were just <laughs> but then you said that you wanted to be pals um because we're both based in scotland and that um like we should all both be looking out for each
1: other as climate activists in scotland and then london London, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, just for everyone who doesn't know, like, the North Bridge action was, like, Exos Scotland, like, sh- like, yeah, occupying the North Bridge in Edinburgh for a few hours. And then, yeah, we met in London at the October Rebellion for the first time properly. And... Mm. Yeah, you offered me your tent beforehand like we just messaged because we were I think we were both like really excited and like nervous mm. uh, and you were coming down with Scottish pals and I was coming from Wales at that time and like we both were like what's going on yeah. and yeah and, and that yeah. was that was my first
0: like proper like big action with extinction rebellion so I remember I was so nervous and you were the only other person that seemed like that i didn't know because i didn't really know i remember i messaged you before i went to my first exam meeting even being like i know that you're in XR scotland um i'm really nervous about going to a meeting like are there nice people there <laughs> just like silly thing but um and that's how i ended up going along and then i messaged you yeah being like do you want to do you want to share my tank because i had a two man pop up and you were like, yeah, sure. And I was thinking, we've never met, but this is going to be fun. And then I met you on the street when people were locked on to the beautiful stage that didn't make it to our beautiful site at Site 6. Um, and you were singing to
1: the people locked on. And I could not sing. <laughs> so they were probably <laughs> really fed up with me singing to them. But it
0: was a good time. It was a good time. And it was it was a really, I think it was a really intense place to meet yes. for the first time. But also, like I think we bonded in a lot of ways just because, I don't know, it's... I don't know, like, how best to describe it, but like, at least I found the, the London October Rebellion to be like super intense in this like bubble of, I don't know. I felt like I like that almost the world didn't exist outside of Westminster Abbey, like that kind of area. I mean, obviously it did, and like we were aware of the effect. The reason why we were there was because we were aware that that there's a lot of things going on in the whole world um around the climate crisis. But when we were in that bubble, I was just like I couldn't even like think outside of it. So it was such like an intense space where like we like with people you've met an hour ago you'd be crying together
1: and i think that's how we kind of bonded quite a lot through that um i mean exactly that is actually like my biggest criticism of the october rebellion Mm -hmm. is that bubble thinking and bubble being but yeah it did mean that you had very intense amazing like meetings with other people Mm -hmm. in that space um and yeah, I think that is something that usually gives me quite a lot of hope in these spaces because mm. they are so intense, but also you form really amazing connections mm. um, with the people around you. Um, not always, um, but yeah, but we did. So here we are. <laughs>
0: um, yeah. So yeah, then we met in October and then you moved up to Edinburgh.
1: Yeah. And you've kind of been my rock since oh. I've moved to
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, this well, right back at you. Literally I feel like you moved up and we just kind of were like, should we spend like
1: all every our day time together? together?
0: <laughs> and make our <hot> chocolates in <laughs> cafetas? Just so anyone who doesn't know this, oh, if you God. put... Joe's like I'm obsessed <laughs> with hot chocolate I love hot chocolate so much if you put hot oat milk in a and then you push the cafetiere thing up and down it like froths it so thick like like thick with like a thousand C's thick it's so good and it's like it makes the best hot chocolate ever. it has to be
1: Oatly it has to be Oatly though you Yeah, know, um... we're not about that almond soy milk <laughs> no oat milk life. forever
0: yeah oat milk's the best but it makes anyway I make, had Joe over made hot chocolate made a massive mess and then like we spent like most days together since in the library um, both being like hate uni but also I'm very grateful to be here <laughs> yeah um yeah. so yeah it's kind of been like our friendship journey that sounds rather a word why am I doing a weird voice um yeah do you want to talk about like how you got into activism
1: sure uh yeah um I think I've always been really involved in like environmental like thinking sustainability thinking always knew that it was like this was going to be, like, somewhat in, like, my adult life, like, my main focus growing up. Um, But I think during my undergrad, like, um, a few years ago, I, like, I was so dedicated to, like, trying to be, like, zero waste and, like, trying to be as, like, vegan and, like, ethical living as possible and, like, secondhand shopping only, blah, blah, blah. And I'm still all of these things, but I got so overwhelmed overwhelmed with yeah just like my individual actions and uh i think i also got like into the spiral of like why is no one else doing something and like and then only like through that and like how overworked i got with myself i think i like i noticed that it has to be a bigger picture and i really got into this like systems thinking of I I need to do these things because I have the privilege to be able to act on a lot of these topics and also I have naturally because I'm um, like in so many ways privileged I will have a bigger impact on the earth and other beings um, but still I also need to create conditions for us all to um, yeah to change and also I want to change a system that at the moment doesn't create these conditions and creates conditions that are inherently harmful so I think through that I got into activism um and then yeah like when XR started Extinction Rebellion started um I got really involved with that and have been ever since and I think also kind of moving to different spaces now like Climate Camp Scotland and looking into other um areas like where these topics intersect and like how we can support each other as activists um that's me and you
0: yeah cool um gosh okay this is quite like a you know we're gonna go we're gonna go right back mm. so I think like from from being really young I think growing up as a person of color in like a majority white country um I was just I think I was aware of like the differences in privilege in like different ways maybe and that like affected and I kind of this this might sound kind of weird I don't I haven't talked I don't think I've like spoken about this coherently like in a long time but Um, I think that like knowing that my ancestors in some way like had to fight for where I was now I was kind of I had this feeling of like I felt like I should be fighting for something now and I think that sounds quite weird and I know that I don't know if that can will come across in the right way but like I just felt like I've always felt like there was meant to be a cause that I was meant to be fighting for and I wanted to fight for and I just like it took me a while to work out what that was Um, so at school I like when I was in sixth form um, so around 16-ish, I started thinking more about my lifestyle choices. So I went vegan because um, I, like, became really engaged with animal rights and things, kind of almost overnight. Um, and that's when I started thinking about how my the, my lifestyle choices affected other things. And then I went down the whole, kind of similar to you, the whole, like, lifestyle route of I, like, quit fast fashion, 2nd clothes, like, was vegan, like, became really engaged with... Um, things going on in the climate, like all that kind of stuff. Went zero waste when I was in my first year of uni, you know, sort of second year of uni. And I was really engaged with um, individual change things. And that's kind of what I used to post about um, on my Instagram, like the most was just about individual change. And I felt at the time, I was really sure that as long as we all just made these individual changes and we like gradually did that, then that's what would stop the climate crisis. That's what would save everything. and And that was the cause in some way. But kind of as a side, almost like, going on at the same time as this um i was also involved in refugee rights activism in like kind of in different ways so i'd go i'd go to calais every winter um just for a few days or like a week um to volunteer at the warehouse there so if anyone doesn't know um calais is on the border with the uk it's in france um and it's where there's like a lot of refugees who are wanting to come to the uk uh previously it was the biggest refugee camp in europe um but then there's been evictions this is a whole other episode worth of stuff yeah. that we'll talk about but basically i was i i was really connected to the refugee cause for an, like a numerous amount of reasons because i think especially because i realized that my privilege in like um not being in their situation just purely from luck and purely from the fact that i happened to be yeah. born like having a british passport um and so but then i realized that refugee rights and all that kind of stuff um, is so interlinked with the climate crisis and everything is interlinked to the climate crisis and I think I became aware that forced migration is only going to increase like, I don't know, it's a ridiculous amount because of the climate crisis and there's going to be so many climate refugees and I was like I just realised that the the climate crisis intersects with so many other issues that I care about. It intersects with issues of race and racism intersects with like neocolonialism intersects with so many different oppressive forces and i just kind of saw it as like the root thing that we need to solve if we want to get justice in all these other areas um and also i saw that so many of the solutions for the climate crisis like do help marginalized groups in all these different areas um and so i kind of started getting more wanting to go to more protests and things like that so i went to the odd like I don't know, March or I'd go to like a demo, but then I didn't I didn't help with any of the organising. I didn't really join the groups because I think I felt quite intimidated because I think a lot of people find activism really intimidating because you feel like you have to be completely perfect and you have to be this like big confident person to go to any of the meetings. Um, and like while I, I think I'm a confident person, I still felt quite intimidated. And I also like felt like I was like too busy or something like that. But um, going along to um, my first meeting, I just got super stuck in at, at Extinction Rebellion um in scotland i got stuck stuck in like quite quickly and then in london was where i really like found that this could be my space in some way which kind of feels weird because i had a lot of weird experiences in london Mm. that we could even talk about (laughs) that could even be like a a whole but that's a whole thing but like there are there are definitely issues with the rebellion i'm not gonna it's definitely not perfect like far from um but there are so many ways in which being involved with it has empowered me and I know that's that's kind of like a weird Yeah, yeah thing I think
1: it's a entry point for a lot of people into activism.
0: Yeah, for sure. Because it is it's because it's so in I don't know, it's so in popular spheres at the moment, I don't know the right way to say it, but it's kind of everywhere. Like a lot of people know what Extinction Rebellion is. If you don't know what Extinction Rebellion is, it's um kind of like the biggest climate direct action group. Um so taking doing civil disobedience, that's like breaking the law in order to like, achieve climate justice. Is that the, way the best way to describe it? Mm, yeah.
1: It's a non-violent direct act- yeah, yeah, action really movement um, which uses multiple, for, like, approaches to address, like, the climate crisis and tackle mainly the government, some financial sectors as well, and businesses um, to stop funding the climate crisis and investing in it and rather, yeah, like, commit to, to like carbon zero by 2025 uh using different approaches but their main approach is yeah using civil disobedience yes
0: yeah, so then i think i joined Extinction rebellion scotland got involved with i'm still involved um with XR scotland but like i'm kind of i've stepped a bit further away from that and moved more into climate camp scotland which is a new um kind of group that's been set up that's really exciting we've got a camp in mossmoran happening this summer which will be really really fun yeah. um See, so, yeah, I think also like interlinked with all of that, um, like I'm a Christian and for me, like I really feel like this world was given to us as a gift for us to care for and like all the beings on this world, like, I don't know, they all have value and they all were made to be loved and to be careful. And I feel like I see so often that we're not doing that, like with this earth, instead we're just kind of destroying it. And it sounds, I don't know, it's just the same, we are destroying it. Yeah, yeah, we are in, in so many ways. And I kind of see it as like almost like, a duty to care for, like all the things on this earth, especially those who like can't care for themselves. So, like especially like non-human animals and, or like well, yeah,
1: they they can care for themselves, but not with us interfering.
0: Yeah, but not but not not in the situation that we've created. Like not yeah. in how humans yeah. have kind of like because we've like human beings like we we'll, we're we'll complicit in it in some way. Like we've created, like I don't know, a system which does just make the kind of the earth hostile for so many different beings whose earth it is as well does that make sense yeah and i think that's just really sad and it kind of breaks my heart quite a lot mm-hmm. um and then also just seeing how like how i think i also like seeing how indigenous communities have been fighting this fight for so much longer than than we have um and if there's any way that we can help them with their struggle um here where we have a way bigger impact like in the in the global north like our, our impact so I think someone in the UK, their carbon footprint in 12 days is the same as someone in like Rwanda for a year, which is ridiculous. Um. So if there are even small things we can do to...
1: It's so interesting because yeah. so many communities around this world have been fighting like the same causes that now, like the climate crisis is like kicking off for white people in the Western world. And... I mean, there's a whole thing that we can unpick there why only when Western white communities are now threatened by climate change, we should care about it. But yeah, I think it's like the the, the topic in itself has been like in the news recently so much more. Um, and yeah, we might actually do an episode maybe someday about like futures and like futurism. Because I mean, there's a whole... There's a whole world out there, um, how to move f- forward into futures, and, I mean, there's so much work being done on, for example, for like example on like indigenizing futures, and Afrofuturism, and like how can we like envision futures because the communities that have been like fighting these struggles for centuries and decades, um, like yeah, how, like yeah there's like so much to unpick there um yeah like
0: even the fact that we have to say like afrofuturism or indigenous futurism because futurism in itself has been what is a product of like the white supremacist world that we live in that like in order to put um marginalized voices in there we have to like explicitly put it in it's just kind of wild when you think about it well I say it's wild I I mean it doesn't surprise me but at the same time like it is very problematic and there are so many ways in which Like we need to, like we need to be breaking down all the oppressive systems if we want, so if we want climate justice, which is like not just an end to the climate crisis, but also one that um, is fair for all people and especially like puts marginalised voices at the centre and protects, because when we protect those um, who are most oppressed in society, then we're protecting everyone above that as well. Yeah. And that's like super important that we do that. And And if we're not doing that in our climate justice movements, that then we're just gonna end up in the same system, the same oppressive system that we're in now. But like, we just won't have the incoming threat of the world burning, if that makes sense. Mm. Like, we just don't want to, I think so often I think people will think that if someone cares about the climate crisis, they automatically are a good person, automatically want justice. And it's only been since being in the movement that I've realized how there are a lot of people who care about the climate crisis, they want the climate crisis to end, but they are also incredibly fascist and they want different and not all solutions are like are good solutions.
1: No, it's like using any mean you can to get to your personal goal, which actually probably does more harm than good in fighting the climate crisis or any other issue. Um, like by you sacrificing other people's voices or using their trauma or whatever it is to get to your personal means that is no justice whether it's social justice climate justice um i think that will also only like even if that way like even eco-fascism which is definitely a thing Mm -hmm. um even if that might like get us to divesting into fossil fuels it will just shift the issue around climate justice or climate injustice to another area. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that's a big yikes. That's a big yikes. Should we? Eco fashion is a big yikes, yeah. Eco-pa- fascism in general. Yeah, it's a freaking
0: massive yikes. It's a yikes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're oh, just gonna pop in here because we realize that um a lot of the time in barrier to activism and all these spaces can be just like not knowing what on earth these words mean um so we're gonna pop in in our episodes and like add some definitions in so joe definition gal you ready to go
1: sure um ecofascism is usually the ideology by an individual or a group of individuals imposing restric- restrictions on livelihoods primarily targeting marginalized groups to meet their own personal goals this would be for example imposing population restrictions um, targeting previously colonized countries or uh, regions to restrict population growth in general and meet climate targets so um, yeah it's primarily focused on marginalized groups and targeting their livelihoods to meet your own personal goals Should we talk about what yikes, why yikes, why yikes podcast?
0: Yeah. So like,
1: hmm.
0: (laughs) So I think sometimes you can respond to things with yikes. At least I respond. I will yikes at a lot of things on a daily basis. I say yikes probably at least like 15 times at things, Mm. which that's actually quite sad now, I think. (laughs) But the the world can make you yikes. can make you yikes? The world can make you yikes quite a lot. And I think like, especially we've just been talking about like eco fashion and things like that. Mm. Those are things that I think sometimes can seem so big that I'll yikes and run away because I'll be like, I don't know how to, or I'm not qualified to engage with that. Yes. Like, I've, like especially, in those, especially like in those arguments, I feel like sometimes I'm like, I don't know enough. Therefore I can just say that I know that's bad or I know that that's yikes. And I'm just gonna run away from that. And I'm not gonna lean into it and be like, how can I like kind of work this out and pick this apart? And like, actually,
1: do something to change that. Yeah. Yeah. And also, sometimes there's just no words to describe some of the things <laughs> that happening. Like, how do you respond to that? Other than yikes, and mm. and yeah, and
0: and it's. I think sometimes it is. It's. It's fine to just sometimes be like not know what to say and just say yikes. But I think we just need to. But we can't just be like. I don't know, we can't just be reacting to everything that's in the world and not also engaging and doing something. I think that we need to yikes and then act, not just yikes. Definitely. Mm.
1: I think it's good to, it's good to not take all the burdens of the world onto your personal shoulders whilst engaging with topics that make you uncomfortable and also that are not Happy, cheerful, because there is a lot of that. And there there are people or other beings that have to deal with these things. And therefore, we all must engage more and care more. And um, yeah, so saying yikes and then moving into these spaces, like you said, like leaning in and learning and asking for help, how to respond and some of the yikes will be like smaller and others will be a big yikes where you want to take immediate action and you should.
0: Yeah, I think we just want to talk about things that can seem really overwhelming. Yes. And try and make them a bit less overwhelming and try and like have a conversation about them, but also have a space where it's like, it's so fine to say you're overwhelmed by these things. Like I'm overwhelmed on a daily basis by a lot of things. Yes. um, I think almost too often we can like dismiss that like or, or like either we're too overwhelmed and don't do anything or we're not overwhelmed at all and we can we can fix everything and there seems to be like no space or no like overlapping of those two spaces and that's kind of I think what we want to like do with this space we want it to be a space where we listen to people's stories um who like we just kind of like we pass the mic we don't we don't want to be talking all the time about we're not going to talk about mm-hmm. things that we we are we don't experience ourselves
1: yes if that makes sense cuz we both already have platforms mm-hmm. and i think we're both very um I don't know, confident speakers and yeah, we already have platforms where we are confident in speaking our own experiences, but this should be a platform to, yeah, lift others or like bring other people into the space, being able to share their perspectives, their stories, um, learn from them, have honest conversations Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, learn from each other, like how to make spaces more accessible, more inclusive, uh breakdown barriers
0: yeah 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 and it's not going to be all like doom and gloom and like we want it to be a positive space as well we want a lot yes. of hope like we really want to so and we want to engage with people who are listening so like if you're listening to this now and you're thinking oh there's something that i feel really overwhelmed by um to do with Pretty much anything in an activist sphere, or maybe you're feeling like you, you don't find activism accessible in this way or that way. Like mm-hmm. let us know because we're so open to make this a space that's collaborative in so many ways as well. And that like we want if if you're like taking the time to engage with these topics and to listen to this, then we definitely want to hear from
1: what you have to say. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um thanks so much for listening um to our first episode. Ooh. <laughs> Yeah, I feel really good to record the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, very excited for what's going to come. And yeah, we're going to um invite people to come on and chat to us about
0: their work, especially like people with experiences that we don't have. And also people who will know a lot more about a lot of different topics. And we really want to, as we said already, we really want to hear from all of you lovely beans about what you want to hear about. So like, let us know. And that kind of follows on to, um, we're so aware that, like we both have a lot of privilege in loads of different ways and we also won't be aware of so many different things and we're still unpacking like just so many things that we've been taught by society um and we're aware we're going to fall short in so many different ways so please do feel free to call us out if we say things that are exclusionary or just any of that kind of jazz like we're more than um happy to listen to that and listen to your feedback
1: Yeah, I think we both want to have this as a learning space for you, but also for ourselves and in general, um, trying to be open to criticism and um, yeah, learning how to not be defensive about anything, but actually um, put in the work to unlearn and learn new ways. So please let us know anything that we can improve in our language, in the topics we cover, everything.
0: Yeah. Um, so yeah, thanks so much for listening. Very exciting. This has been a long time coming. Please follow us on our Instagram at Yikespod if you want to hear more about like what's going on. If you want to give us feedback or message us, then um at Yikespod on Instagram's the best place to find the podcast as a whole. Um biggest thanks to um Big Finn, our producer. Yeah. And um just sound genius and like great human. Thank you so much for Wizard. Yeah. And also for telling us when we chat complete crap. <laughs> <laughs> Um if you wanna hear more from me, I'm at Mikayla
1: Loach on Instagram. And I'm Trace and Peace on Instagram. Um yeah, we're looking forward to the next episode. Like thanks for listening.